we want to thank you for again joining us and um as we celebrated uh, Father's Day last week, it was a great time. And again, we couldn't gather, but, you know, we, we, we gather online. We want to remind you that this Wednesday, also at 7 o'clock, we'll be um, having our mid- midweek service. I want to just uh, want to take this time, and today I have the privilege and honor of presenting the speaker for today. And as the Bible says that, you know, uh, your children are a heritage from the Lord, a blessing from the Lord. And today I have the privilege to present and uh, have give this place of, of uh, preaching to the pulpit to my daughter, Erica. And it is an honor. I have seen her, how she serves God and honors God and just loves the presence of God. And today I want you to just uh, put your hands together where you're at at home and here, those that are here, come on, we're just going to put our hands together receiver as uh, she presents the word of God. Love you, Erica. All right. Good morning. So I felt okay the whole week. And right now I feel nervous. So pray for me. <laughs> but I just, when I was um, asking God, I was like, God, what do you want me to talk about? What is it that that needs to be said and he spoke to me and he said an audience of one so if i believe if we could understand how to apply this in our lives daily in every aspect of our lives um i truly believe we would be more like the image of god just by applying an audience of one um and not just like his image, but to walk in the unique calling we each have. And I say that because I know sometimes we judge the person that's next to us and we say, you know, this relationship that I have with God, I'm doing it right. But the person next to me, maybe they're sitting on the couch next to you. You're like, they're doing it all wrong. But I say that so that we can give each other the space to realize we all aren't gonna look the same. We're not gonna be duplicates of each other. We're gonna be different. So let's jump in. Um, what does an audience of one mean? And it says, to do everything with this in mind, God is the only person standing before me. So if you guys can go to Romans chapter 12, I'm reading from the message version on this verse. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you and we're going to skip down to verse four through six and it says in this way we're like the various parts of a human body each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole not the other way around so those verses just to summarize it says you apply it to your ordinary life and we're all 
Because we're all walking different walks. We're all, our, our focus is God, but we're all going to look different. We're not going to look the same. So that's why I read that verse. But then the last verse is it says, and we're all various parts of the human body with specific meaning. So, you know, sometimes we tell ourselves, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, I can't do what, what the bass player, the drum player, the piano, the singers, I can't do what they do. But you have your own specific calling. We all have our own callings. And that's why I read that so that before we even started, you wouldn't even even have a blockage in your mind you wouldn't you but be able to say you know um that's not for me I can't apply that to myself so I just want to talk about my first experience of when I began to learn how to apply the audience of one because um for me it happened on this exact stage um it was many many years ago and I remember it vividly because it has changed my life from the moment it happened and um I remember I was probably standing back here because from I mean, back in the day, we used to start, we used to sing like literally, literally at the wall. I don't know why. We were just probably nervous, <laughs> but we were all the way back here. I remember I was looking at the people next to me and the people in front of me and I was just worried and I was thinking, I was like, man, I was like, what if I mess up? What are they going to think about me? Um, I'm so nervous. I'm afraid. And I just felt all of that. It was just constantly attacking my mind. And the next thing I remember was God says, it doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter what they think. And I still, my, my own thoughts, my own flesh kept telling me, you know what? Don't listen to him. You are afraid. You can't do this. You're not able. And I was just like, what? And then again, I hear him say, he's like, all that matters is what I say. All that matters is that I'm before you. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to believe that and I'm going to just apply it in this moment because just think about it happening like at a fast pace, fast pace. And it's just like attacking my mind. And I was like, literally within seconds, all that happened. And I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sing. I'm going to do what I have to do. And I'm just going to pretend like God is the only person in front of me. Who cares of who else is right there? Who cares of the person next to me, the people next to me? I'm going to do this. And I'm going to tell you the thing, the moment I did that, I felt free. I felt peace. I felt happy. And I was just like, wow, that day changed my life forever because now it began to pour into other areas of my life, not just that one moment. So that was my first experience. Um, and it's, it's changed me. Um, because I stopped doing things for man. I started doing things with that in mind. I started doing it like, this is for God. This is for him. And it doesn't have to be applied just in ministry. Remember what that verse says, in our ordinary lives, our everyday, our everyday walk. Apply it to those things. So I'm just going to go through a few um, examples that I wrote down. So it's so simple. And I know... When I was writing this down, I was I was, I was um, doubting myself. I was like, you know what? I was like, this isn't going to apply to everybody else. Some people are going to say, I'm already at that point where I don't need um, to have this mentality. But um, I thought the same thing too. I was like, this is so simple. It's it's like duh. <laughs> so the question I asked myself was, what happens when we go through the valleys? What happens when um, we have to apply the audience of one when we're down? when we're at our lowest point. And I thought of um, what came to me was when God was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's, he's asking his disciples and he's telling them, you know, pray. He's telling them, can't you just stay up for one hour? And he, he's 
I'm just going to read it for you guys. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 38, the NIV version. So this is God, he's, uh, Jesus. He's like, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. That's what he's saying to the disciples. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? As he asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time saying the same thing. So to summarize that, you know, Jesus is telling them, can you just pray? Can you just stay up with me? Can you fight this battle with me? Because this is where God is or Jesus is about to be crucified and he's innocent. So he's asking God, can you please take it away from me? But I want to go back to verse 41. It says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's so important to remember that our flesh our flesh and our spirit are constantly fighting us whether it be in our in our mind you know in the spirit realm in our bodies whatever it is it's a constant battle that we have to fight on a daily basis and um let's just finish his example we all know how it goes jesus is asking for the pain to go away he says my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death if you can remove this cup but if not let your will be done and I feel like that a lot of times that's our, our prayer. You're like, God, take it away. Take it away. I can't, I can't do this. This is not for me or, or this other person can do it better than me. But no, he's placed us in that exact moment in this exact place because he knows we can handle it. He knows what we're capable of and we're all unique. So don't expect that the same thing that you're going through for the person next to you to do it the same way. It's not going to be that way. We have to get that out of our mind. It's, we're, not, we're not here to judge. But let's just say, you know, we ask God, let's take it away from me. But what if God would have removed that from Jesus? What if he would have removed that? We wouldn't have our sins erased. He would have never died on the cross. But thankfully, he did die on the cross for us. And the rest is history because here we are. But what happens in that moment where he died on the cross? There is a shift. There was a shift that happened not only for the people around us, but now for generations to come. Because we don't have to depend on the priest to walk into the tabernacle for us. And we don't have to expect them to, to come before God and be like, please forgive them, God, for they have sinned. No. Or like Moses, where Moses would go up the mountain and he would, he would talk to God and he got the commandments from him. It's not like that anymore, where he was talking one-on-one -on -one with him and his face was showing, uh, shining with the, with the glory of God. It's not like that anymore. The moment he died on the cross, the veil was torn. So what does that mean? What does that mean? That means we all have access to it now. That means we have the ability to go directly to him. So now the audience of one, we can go deeper. The audience of having God before us, focusing on him, now we can, can go deeper because we don't have to depend on them saying, 
can you go and ask God for my forgiveness? Can you go and, and talk to him? See what he says? No, we have the access. We can just be like, God, here I am. He, I, I need to know what you're asking me. I need to know what you think. All that matters is what you're telling me. It doesn't matter what they're telling me. So there's another verse I want to read because now... Now that the veil is torn, now that we are able to get that one-on-one -on -one with him, now that we're able to have him as our only audience, our focus on him, um, I'm going to read a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, the message, and it says, Whenever, though, they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil. And there they are face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it, all of us, nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. I'm going to read that last part. It says, and so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. So that means our lives transform. Our thoughts, our emotions, our desires, the things that we once want, wanted before, you know, if we were coveting like... Um, you know, this person has their house, this person has a perfect marriage, this person is set up with their job, whatever it is, and don't act innocent like you didn't do that before. We've all done it before we've acted, where we've said it in our mind, like, man, I wish I could be where that person's at, and you just desired everything that they had. We've been in that place before. So what does it look like? What does it look like to be transformed? It can look, it's going to look different in everybody's life. So don't judge. I'm going to keep repeating that because that was strong in my spirit. The first thing our flesh wants to do is judge the person, person next to us and be like, well, I'm doing it this way. So they have to copy me. No, it's not like that. If you see everybody here when they're on the worship team, they all worship different. Some people are, they're kneeling. Some people are, are, are laying face down. Some people are sitting. Some people are, are dancing around. But the worship team, you, if you see them, they all have different styles. They're not all going to look the same. But surrendering, that's all it means. Surrendering in your life. Surrendering your life so that he can start to mold you, start to transform you. So now let's go with it what it means to keep God as our focus, keep God as our only audience. We can see that it transforms us and it starts with the big decisions in most of us. Like, God, should I marry this person? God, should I move? God, should I buy this house? Normally it starts with the big decisions, but I really believe if we were to keep him as our only audience, it's gonna start to touch our small decisions. And I'm gonna have two personal examples that I um, went through in my life. But before I go to there, it's, I'm just gonna read this quickly, Ephesians 4.23, and you can take note of it. It says, instead, let the spirit renew your thought and attitudes. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts thoughts and your attitudes because we do got attitudes I'm going to be honest with that <laughs> Mara can testify no <laughs> um, so two examples I want to talk about you know how we're applying it and for me this is how I applied it I remember when when I was first getting married we were in the process of looking for a house we were paying for the the, the wedding and I specifically remember 
people were telling us, you can't pay for a wedding. You can't buy a house at the same time. You can't do it. It's just, it's not possible. And, and me and Mario, we were just like, oh, like, man, everybody's telling us this. Like, not that everybody did, but most of the people that were speaking to us were telling us it's impossible. But we kept praying and we were trusting God and we were like, okay, this is our desire. He knows what our desire is. And he, I, I, we believe he's going to make it possible. So I remember I was here at practice and I was on my phone just looking at all the new listings of the house. And I remember I found the house. I sent it tomorrow. He happened to be close by and he went to go look at the house. And let me tell you, it's dark, pitch dark. It's like nighttime. So he went to go look at the house and he... He's like, I, well, from what I can see, it looks good. He's like, it looks like a nice house. And I'm like, I feel so much peace with this house. I feel like this is our house. I feel like this is the one we're supposed to do. And he felt the same thing. And we put an offer in without even walking into the house. We had that much peace. We had that much trust in God. And it became our house. We had that much peace. We had that much trust in him. And, and, and he made it happen. So, you know, we could have easily been like, you know what? Everybody's telling us it's not possible. You know, everybody's saying it. You can't do it. But we trusted God. You know, we listened to his voice. And he, he gave us that peace. And we were able to buy our house. So that's a big decision where, where you learn to keep God as your only audience. And he's there before you. And he's like, okay, are you going to trust me? Are you going to keep me as your only focus? Are you going to listen to the voices? that are speaking to you so we were tested and we passed it now the next one this one was recent and it happened with my brother it's funny because well not funny but in a way it's funny because I got the good part but <laughs> so this is a small example and I feel like these are the harder ones to start to follow um, because normally we just think God is is only caring about the big stuff he doesn't care about the small details in our lives but he does because it happened recently and and it was just it was it, I was like laughing I was like oh my gosh so I was talking to my brother. We we're having a conversation. He's like, I just canceled my gym membership, obviously, because of the virus. He's like, we're not going right now. So we're, so I, I had to pay this amount. And I'm like, what? I was like, just to cancel your membership, you have to pay that much? I was like, you know what? He's like, you better go cancel it because then they're going to charge you the buyout fee plus the cleaning fee. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, that, I haven't even been to the gym since last year. And I've had it for almost two years. So I was like, I'm definitely canceling it because I don't go to the gym. So I go and I'm expecting to have to pay for the gym cancellation. And I walk in, I was like, hey, I want to cancel my gym membership. And I walk in and, and I'm, I have my purse. And I remember I'm, I'm pulling out my card because I'm like junior paid. So I'm going to have to pay too. And it's the same gym. And so I pull it out. And I was like, you know what? It's like, I don't want to pay. I was like, God, if I don't have to pay this, can, and I put, push it down. I was like, and I took my hand. I was like, if I don't have to pay, I was like, don't let me pay. I was like, cause so I didn't even go to the gym and I prayed that and I let it go. Cause I was, you know, trying to activate my faith right there. And I remember the guy's like, all right. He's like, I sent it to your email. Your cancellation's done. And I looked at him like I was going to ask him, I don't have to pay anything. And he, he just said, I, I looked at it and it said zero. They don't have to pay for anything. That is a small type of details I'm talking about. I prayed, I asked, I received. He cares about the details. Don't, don't, don't overlook it. Don't think that he's not present in, in every area of your life. He's so present. He's present in the big things. He's present in the small things. And those two things, I was just, I was like, God, you do care. 
So I do take the time to pray for those things. Like, um, I do take the time to allow him to show up in the areas where I don't expect him to show up. But you have to activate it. You have to keep him as your audience. Be like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the people think. Like, maybe maybe God's asking you to smile at the person at the at the grocery store. And your smile is all they needed. So it transforms every part of our lives to the point where it becomes a habit. So there's blessings to having an audience of one. The one that I could think of that is super strong is it starts to break generational curses. They begin to break because we have the mentality of like, this is the way it happened for them. This is the way it happened for my grandparents. This is the way it happened for everybody else in my life, my friends. And, and in my family, it's always been this way. It's never changed. It's going to stay the same. No, wrong. Ezekiel 18, verse 20, says, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteous of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. The generational curses break with us. Just say it right now. The generational curses break with us because we, we create new habits. We create a new path, the path that we were always meant to be on. Because, yes, we're in a broken world. We're in a world that's full, full of sin. But we have to get back to it. And we're, this is how we get back to it. So if we truly apply this, it shouldn't, it shouldn't cause harm. To anybody else, if we're applying, having an audience of one, it shouldn't harm anybody else. Maybe they'll disagree with you, but it shouldn't harm them because what you're doing is his will. So the other point I had was not depending on the church to be where you are only fed. I'm going to say that again, because for me, I was always, I always, when I was younger, I thought this is what it is. The church is the only place I can get fed from the pastor, from the worship team. That's it. No, don't expect the pastor on Sunday morning to give you the exact word that you need. Don't expect the worship team to take you there when you haven't practiced it at home. Remember, that veil was torn. So now we have access. You can have access. The way we're practicing right now, we're practicing it at home. We have to worship him at home in our in our cars. Like on my way to church this morning, I was put my music on blast, and it's one of my favorite songs, and I was just blasting it, singing it I like a crazy person. I, I could feel the person next to me looking at me. I was like, you know what? I, like, I don't care. I'm worshiping God right now. Um in it. And I needed, I need Jesus. So I was like, I don't care if I look crazy. That's an audience of one. That's, it's not caring what other people think. So just remember, you have access. Let's take advantage. Don't expect to be perfect before you begin. Just start now. Just start where you are. There's countless stories that I've heard where God used a plumber. And not to downcast on them, but what I'm just trying to get across is... God can use you at every stage of your life, any area of your life. It doesn't have to be a perfect life. He can use you exactly where you are because that's what he's waiting for. He's just waiting for an open door for you to say, God, here I am. Here's my life. I'm surrendering it to you. Do what you want with it. But the story of this plumber, don't know the name of the song, but he... He's working and he's getting all dirty and, you know, the smells coming up and he comes up with the song 
And that song is sung in different languages, and it's sung across different churches. And he he created that song while he was working in plumbing, which is the last place you probably would have expected, which is what God usually does. He uses the people you least expect in the areas you least expect them. He wrote a song, and it's a, it's a, I, I, it's a really old song because it's in English and Spanish. I can't remember it right now, but I remember it came from a plumber because I heard the original story of it. And the last thing I want to talk about is discernment. Because basically what you're doing is when you're having an audience of one is you're starting to listen to his voice. You're starting to understand what he's telling you. You're you're getting to know him to the point where you're like, okay, is this my crazy head, my crazy mind, my crazy thoughts telling me what to do? Or is it God talking to me? It's going to sound like that at the beginning. But just going to read this verse. It says Proverbs 28, verse 11. Rich people may think they are wise, but a poor person with discernment can see right through them. There's so much power in discernment. We probably underestimate it, but there's so much power. But the last story I want to speak on is one of my favorite preachers. Her name is Christine Kane. And she, I was listening to the, the, the podcast, and she talks about walking into like a valley it's not a valley it's like a an outdoor area where there's a lot of stores think about it that way like a lot of little pop-up shops and she says she's walking through with her husband and she she says she felt something in her spirit she said something's not right you know she told her husband and she's he's walking next to her and, and she again she, you know they kept walking and she tells him she's like something's not right and they left, they went to the authorities. She felt it super strong in her spirit. And she says, it turned out that that place, she's like, it, it was just like a lot of cute shops. She's like, there was ice cream. She's like, it looked normal. And she says, she's like, we didn't know. She's like, but something was wrong in my spirit. She's like, and once we got the authorities, we figured out that there was a whole bunch of, you know, people getting human trafficked right there. And she says, if I wouldn't have listened to God's voice, if I wouldn't have known that he was speaking to me in that moment, I could have just brushed it off. She's like, what would have happened to all those people? And if you, if you look her up now, she has a foundation. It's called A21 campaign. And it's basically for survivors through human trafficking. And she was so used to God's voice she was able to hear him speaking to her. She understood the difference. It's not my flesh, it's his spirit speaking to me. And she was able to get them rescued. How much power is there in just listening to his voice, having that discernment to be like, man, that is a relationship we should desire to have with God to the point where we're like, it's not me speaking, it's him speaking to me. So just a few tips before I finish. When you're trying to get closer to God, obviously you're going to get fought. I mean, you're going to get probably in a big fight with the enemy because he's he knows what you're capable of. So something I learned recently is when you're reading your Bible and something pops out to you, a word pops out, a verse pops out, ask God questions. Be like, what does this mean? Why, why are you revealing this to me? Ask those questions so that you're able to get closer to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say this as a disclaimer. Even though we keep God as our audience of one, doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. 
but it will make it easier. And it's going to make it easier to get back up when you make those mistakes. Because remember, he's molding us. He's transforming us. You know, it's like John 15, 5, where he's the vine, we are the branches. He cuts anything off. He removes anything in us that isn't part of his plan for us. Remember that. But it also means you have to be connected. You can't be disconnected from him. You have to stay connected to the vine. So don't expect the blessing when you're not even connected to him. You need to be connected. This is something where it takes time to get your mind strong. It takes time to, to understand, man, like my old ways are not the right ways anymore. It, he starts to transform us. He's tra- he, he starts to change our, our thoughts. And then it just becomes a habit. And don't get me wrong, I'm still learning a lot, a lot of how that looks, a lot of how that works in our lives. But just allowing God to be part of every aspect of my life, it gives him room to show up. So that was the word I have. Um, I hope it has blessed you. We're just going to take this moment. Because who would have known? Who would have thought? I didn't even, we didn't plan to have the, the, you know, nothing else. The the songs that they chose, it's literally talking about everything that we're talking about. Nothing else or the one that really matters is Jesus. Who would have thought we were in sync without even planning it? We're in sync. That's God. So if we can just do a prayer right now, if you're feeling distant from God. If you're feeling like you're disconnected or if you're just struggling to get to that next level. Be happy. Be happy that you're there because you're 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 about to break through. So let's just do a prayer for you right now. God, we just ask that you touch people in their hearts. God, in their minds, in their spirit. God, we ask that you allow the transformation to begin. We ask that you renew our minds, renew our thoughts, renew our attitudes, God. God, that when you're speaking to us, it is clear as day. God, that when it is you that is guiding us, that we feel the peace in our hearts, that we feel that it is you and it's not our crazy selves telling us to do the opposite. God, we want to trust you. God, we want to feel your presence in our everyday life. We want to keep you as our audience, God. Only you. So if you just receive that right now, just allow yourself to be touched by God. And if it is your first time visiting us or if you feel like you want to reconnect yourself with God, just remember Romans 10, 8 through 9, it says, Whoever confesses the name of the Lord with their mouth... And if they believe, then he shall be in their heart. So it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So if this is your first time, if you want to reconnect, just declare that, God, I believe you are my my life. You are my savior. My name is written in the book of life. My sins are no more, but I believe you died on the cross for my sins. If you made that prayer, can you just write a comment or DM us? That way we can reach out to you and give you all the the right things that we have for you and we can connect with you. We're just going to worship. 
And we just want to ask that the God, that the Lord bless you, that he keep you, that he give us all the blessings that we can imagine beyond our minds. We just want to thank you for joining us this Sunday. And let's just end with worship. Amen.